Welcome to the Albany Hunter Stories. Now welcome your host, Jenny Polly, and his lovely wife Tracy. I hear she's a lovely girl. <laughs> Before we start talking about the subject matter of, of, of the music, I want to address something real quick. Uh, my co-host for the last, basically, 10 of the last 11 episodes, uh, Ricky Graninger, has stepped down as co-host. He had uh, has a busy life like a lot of us do, and this thing has taken on a life of its own, and he's just decided that it, it takes too much time uh, to be able to spend every week on it, and, and, you know, I completely understand that. It definitely takes a lot of time. I know I've spent over five hours today just on putting stuff together. And that's not counting the time we put into it, you know, a little earlier in the week to get this episode ready. So it's become kind of a part-time job. I can definitely understand why uh, somebody that's got 275 kids like Ricky does (laughs) and a full-time job, it it definitely does eat into it. Uh, So I I do want to just say a big thank you to Ricky. I know we put this out on Facebook and not everybody's had a chance to see that. So some of you regular listeners that aren't on our Facebook page, uh, Ricky will no longer be with us on a permanent basis. We're going to get him in here for some guest spots on occasion where it doesn't take as much time. Uh, as of right now, I have a new co-host, which if you listen to uh, episode 9, which was the other rock and roll uh, show that we did, then you got to hear that was my wife, uh, Tracy Polly. So Tracy, you can say hello. Hello, everybody, and we miss you, Ricky. So looking forward to... Uh, to, to newer and, and, and brighter things, you know, we you get, we know what they say about show business. No matter what happens, the show must go on, and that's what we're going to do. Uh, but with that being said, everybody, I want you to pull your lighters out. Let's, <laughs> get them, let's get them high in the sky, and let's talk a little tribute here for my boy Ricky. Boy Rick. Do, 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 do. You Get them lighters high in the sky. Unless you're at a gas station. Yeah, let's not do that. Don't let your love pass you by. Alright, that's making us all too damn sad. Oh. All kidding aside, I love you, Rick. Love you, Rick. Thank you for everything you've done. So, let's get into the heart of this. We're going to start off. we got two main things we're going to talk about tonight. Everybody from the last show kept saying, hey, we needed to get more into the Zeppelin stuff. <laughs> the Zeppelin stuff could be 10 different shows by itself. So we're going to cut that up into some different parts today. We're going to talk about strictly Stairway to Heaven. But this is not going to be like the other shows we've done. I've got plenty of, of pre-done music. We're going to hear some uh, backwards Zeppelin. We're going to hear some frontwards Zeppelin. We're going to break the song down, similar to what we did to, uh, what was the song we did, Hotel California. Uh, but we kind of went through that one quick. This is not going to be quick. This will probably be 20 minutes all, all on Stairway to Heaven. Uh, but we're going to start off with a band that I would be willing to bet that most of you have never heard of. It's a band called Mayhem. They're out of uh, Norway, kind of Sweden, over in that area. They were a death metal band. They started what they called black metal. And, man, I, I don't even... Uh, this is going to be a story that was is going to shock most of you. And even though you've never heard of the band or any of the members, you are going to come out of this thinking, "I got to know more about this." And you'll probably be googling stuff by the end of the night. Let me tell you, uh, this guy is a crazy biatch. I was listening 
uh, to some of the stuff today on my drive back from uh, Florence and broad daylight. I was creeped out totally. I don't even know what to say about this guy. Is All I know is he's crazy. I mean, I'm just shocked of some of the things that, you know, he did, he believed in and things like that. So I'm pretty sure you guys are going to be shocked too. Well, this, this once again could be a show all of its own. Uh, but we're gonna we're gonna you're gonna get a treat tonight because we're gonna give you an extended long show. I know before we've talked about being you know short on time or only having so much time. We we've upgraded what we do here, so now we don't have any time restrictions, so we can take as long as we want and give the people what they want. So let's do this. I'm gonna play you just a second or a few seconds of what mayhem sounds like, just so you can kind of get the uh, taste of what this guy. Sounds oh yeah, like. it's real happy music. Get ready. That's about enough of that. I mean, isn't that just terrible? I mean, it just gives me chills just even listening to that. As you can see, they're very talented musicians. Yeah. All kidding aside, the, the music itself, I mean, you can tell they've got some talent, but I just, mm-hmm. I can't get into the death metal uh, stuff, so that's just... Yeah, it was a little too dark and evil for me. <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about the band Mayhem. First of all, the lead singer, that's who we're really going to focus on, because that's what everything's kind of based around. His, his real name was Per. Olin, of course, it's a Norwegian name, so you're going to get a lot of that. He was better known as Dead. Uh, this kid was a young guy, but, I mean, he was fascinated with death, mm-hmm. so much to the point to where we're going to tell you some stuff that you, you're going to say that this guy has to be clinically insane. So where does all this come from? Some people are just fascinated with death. Um, this guy had a near-death experience when he was 10 years old. Mm-hmm. His spleen ruptured after an ice skating incident. And a lot of people say he was never the same after that. Yeah, he actually died, and they sent him to the hospital, and they revived him. So I guess it all started from that experience, kind of going into the afterlife a little bit. Yeah, so, I mean, this guy just, he never felt like he should have been on Earth. And uh, you'll see that when we read the suicide letter a little bit later. Ooh, I guess I gave it away. There's a suicide. Yep. (laughs) Well, that's okay. With a name like Dead, what do you expect to happen? <laughs> so everybody, you talk to people that were, I wouldn't say friends, but he didn't really have a lot of friends because everybody said he was just kind of kept to himself and he was really odd and introverted. Uh, he, he liked to just stay in his room and draw or, or just write, but he didn't really talk to, to a lot of people. So he wouldn't he wouldn't type person that would be around people unless yeah. they were on stage. Uh, this is a guy that was so weird that he wouldn't eat to get starvation wounds. And I don't even know what a starvation wound is, but he wouldn't eat to get starvation wounds. He Wait a minute, are you saying wounds? Wounds. Oh. Now, I know I'm country. <laughs> he would wear t-shirts that had funeral arrangements on it. That's the kind of guy this, this, this guy was. So they would go on stage, just to give you his mindset, he would bury his clothes for a couple of days before they would go on stage and dig them back up so it would have that grave smell to it. Yes, and this is what else he did. He loved death so much that he would kill animals and I guess put them in the bag for a day or so and actually breathe the death smell from the bag. Okay, that's just sick. I guess that's where the skunk breath came from maybe or 
uh, I wanted to say to him, hey, I'm bored. Let's go brush our teeth. <laughs> um, that's so disgusting that I, I just can't imagine. So yeah, anyway, he, go ahead. When they were on tour with Mayhem, he found a crow and he, he kept it in a bag for weeks. And he, before he would go on stage, he would smell it because he said he wanted the stench of death in his nostrils while he performed. Of course, he wore the white makeup and the black, not like Alice Cooper or, or Kiss, Kiss or, or anything it, yeah, like it that. Yeah, it was, it was, he wanted to look like a corpse. That was, uh. Oh, yeah, his, his clothes, they, I mean, not only did he bury them or whatever, but they were all ragged and tattered. Like he seriously just came out of a grave or yeah, something. Yeah, that's what he wanted. He wanted that decomposing look. Um, he would cut himself on stage. Yep. And uh, what was some of the stuff he would do? He uh, he would cut himself pretty bad, actually. And um, he would come near the end of the stage. I mean, like, he he would be bleeding a lot. And he would swing his arms and get blood on the uh, people in the crowd. And then they also came out on stage. They had pig heads that were uh, speared. And, like, in the middle of the show, they he actually took the pig heads off and threw them at the people in the audience. And I think they said after four songs, they finally, like, you know, you guys got to go. People were walking out. I mean, seriously? Well, but that's what they wanted because they, but, he, the whole reason for the pig heads was he his his thing was if if you couldn't handle having some rotting flesh or some blood thrown on you, then you weren't the type of people they want at their concert anyway, and they just assume you'd leave. That was the whole Dude, mentality. I'd be like, if you be slinging your blood on me, motherfucker, then the time is over. It's done. You need to watch your mouth. I'm sorry, but that's just gross. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cuss. Sorry. Sorry. So let's talk about some of the other members of the band. These sound like the people you want to bring home to mom. You had yeah. Necro, Necro Butcher. Oh, wow. That was his name? Jana Axel Hellhammer Blumberg. <laughs> he was the drummer. Oh. Oystein Euronymous. Our Seth, he was the guitarist, and he's going to play a major uh, role in this whole thing. So, those three guys, they all move into a house together. Well, Necro didn't. It was it was uh, uh, Hellhammer and Euronymous moved into a house in the woods with Dead. Euronymous, he became fascinated with Dead because he liked the, the whole fact that he loved death, and mm-hmm. he felt like that fit the image of the band. Yes. You know, and according to bandmates, he actually encouraged him to commit suicide. So, and, and at one point, because when all this did take place, which was actually on April 8th of 1991, Dead was left by himself. Mm-hmm. Um, Uranimus had, had left and was gone for a couple of days. Right. And so, Dead went ahead and took it upon himself. He slit his wrist mm-hmm. with a knife. He yep. slit his throat. And then he shot himself in the head with a shotgun. But he did the slitting of himself first. Right. And decided, what was it he decided? Yeah, because that, it would be really hard to shoot yourself with a shotgun in the head and then slit your wrist and stuff. You probably, oh, well, I guess that's you true. You probably would be dead. I know, but I think he ended up saying, like, that's really not the way he wanted to go out or something like that. And it was like a maybe like an afterthought. Well, after he, he, he thought that it wasn't going to work. Oh, um, Which, in the suicide note, we're going to get to that in a little bit. Okay. We'll, we'll cover that. Um, but, you know, people, people like to say that he didn't have a sense of humor at all, but the first mm-hmm. line of the suicide note was kind of a joke because it said, yeah. you know, sorry about all the blood. Mm-hmm. So, you know. But here's where it gets creepy. Euronymous is, you know, the guy that was living with him that was encouraging him. And, and a lot of the other people in the band seemed to think that he probably left him alone. Yes. To kind of give him the opportunity to do this. Uh, so they were kind of, it really caused a big divide in the band afterwards. So Euronymous comes back to the house. He can't get in because it's locked. Mm-hmm. Uh, he has to climb through a window where he finds his body. 
So obviously you've got a slumped over body, yeah. blood everywhere. He has put a shotgun to his head. The front part of his um, forehead has, is gone, and his brains have slipped out onto the bed that he's leaning on. Oh, my God. That's so So sick. try to paint that picture. So mm-hmm. this guy walks in. Euronymous walks in. And he sees that. So what's the first thing you do? You call 911, right? Well, of course. So you, well, you would think he would. Well, no. He went down and bought a disposable camera. He came back. He positioned a few things, repositioned a few things. He took several pictures of the body. He took some of the brain and he made a stew out of it because he said he wanted to be a cannibal. And then he made several necklaces out of the skull fragments that were there that he later gave to other musicians that he deemed um, fitting to receive these gifts. Okay, so in my mind, I'm thinking, who's sicker? That guy or the guy that took all the pictures? Because that's pretty messed up. Well, I mean, that's that's exactly the kind of thing. and that's So he calls uh, the buddy Necro Butcher. He calls him the day after. Mm-hmm. Not the day of. He calls him the day after. Of course, they're all members of the band. And he says, hey, something really cool's happened. Uh, dead committed suicide. Oh, my God. And the, and the guy's like, what? And he's like, oh, don't worry, man. I got pictures of the body and everything. And the guy, oh, said, the guy said, don't even bother, as far as I'm concerned, don't even bother talking to me again until you've destroyed those pictures. Mm. But see, that's the kind of the, the mentality this Uranimus guy was. Yeah. So... He tried to use the whole the whole suicide to kind of foster Mayhem's evil image. And he even claimed that Dead killed himself because he got tired of, of the death metal being too mainstream and trendy and, and commercialized, uh, which obviously wasn't the case at all. Right. But after developing the pics, the pictures, he, he promised he was going to destroy them, but he didn't. As a matter of fact, he even uh, sent them to a record producer in Columbia, who in 1995 used that as the cover of the Dawn of the Black Hearts. It was oh actually my a, God. Um, that is sick. <clears throat> Why would that producer do that, though? Who knows? Oh, my God. There's so many sick people in this world. So mm. let me read you the suicide note because this is interesting on its own right. And this is actually from, from Dead himself. Starts off with, Excuse the blood, but I have slit my wrist and neck. It was the intention that I would die in the woods so that it would take a few days before I was possibly found. I belong in the woods and have always done so. No one will understand the reason for this anyway. To give some semblance of an explanation, I'm not a human. This is just a dream and soon I will awake. It was too cold and the blood kept clotting. Plus my new knife is too dull. If I don't succeed dying to the knife, I will blow all the shit out of my skull. Yet I do know I left all my lyrics by let the good times roll. Plus the rest of the money. Whoever finds it gets the fucking thing. As a last salutation, may I present life eternal. Do whatever you want with it. Pell. I didn't come up with this now, but 17 years ago. Wow. And that's the end. Man, I felt like he just needed a hug or something. Yeah, I ain't hugging him. Oh, alright. So, you would think that's pretty much the end for the band. No, this still more screwed up stuff. So, in 1993, because this was 91, in 1993, um, decided he was going to finish an album. Now, he's already split differences with the rest of the band. Everybody mm-hmm. else left. They didn't want to have anything to do with him. They all thought he was just weird right. and, and what have you. So, he wants to finish an album, so he brings in a bunch of session musicians. One of them is a guy named Varg Vickerns. Another one of those great <laughs> names. Well, in on August 10th, this Varg Vickerns, he actually murdered 
Geronimus. He stabbed him over 20 times. Oh my god. No kidding. Yeah. So he gets arrested. Well, he tells the police that Geronimus had planned on torturing and killing him and videotaping the whole thing. No way. And, he, and they and, bought that? Well, no. Oh. But he was just telling them that was the reason that he mm-hmm. did it. So he said he showed up at the guy's apartment mm-hmm. uh, where this happened at, which he was supposed to be there to argue some unsigned uh, contract dispute. Mm-hmm. And when he got there, Euronymous attacked him, and this was his plan. And then this guy fought back and actually stabbed and killed him. Wow. Mm. So, you know, it, this one... This group doesn't really fit with the occult part of it, yeah. As far as like some of the other stuff, but this how can that how can an occult not be a part of it? I mean, when you're when you're mm-hmm. cannibalizing yeah. people, when you're fascinated with death like that, there's got to be, you know, a little bit of a cult in there, whether it was actually brought out or not. So. I wonder if he fried them brains before he ate them. He made stew. Oh, he made stew. You, you need to listen to the story. I said that specifically. Oh, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Well, I guess we're just going to get to uh, what so many people have been waiting for, is the whole Led Zeppelin thing. And before we get too far into this uh, Stairway to Heaven, that's what we're going to focus on. We're going to focus strictly on Stairway to Heaven, mm-hmm. and trust me when I tell you, this is going to be a long little bit. And it's it's going to be one of those things that some people are going to say, oh, that's bullshit, and some people are going to say... Oh, I can see this or I can hear that. I'm not saying it is. I'm not saying it's not. I'm just telling you what's out there and just, you know, I'm being the reporter. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty interesting because I've listened to that. And, I mean, if you really sit and think about the words, I mean, it does kind of make sense. But, man, it is freaky shit. Let me tell you. Well, if you've ever really listened to Stairway to Heaven, there's a bunch of parts of it that you probably think, well, that... It don't really seem like that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, you know, what's a spring clean for the May Queen? Or, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. if there's a hustle in your bedroll, and I mean, what, what is all this shit? Yeah. Um, a bustle in your hedgerow. I don't I'm mixing words up. But anyway, <laughs> a hustle in a bedroll, it don't matter. Yeah. But the bottom line is, some of this stuff, if, if you believe uh, in, in the backward masking stuff, some of this stuff maybe wouldn't supposed to make a whole lot of sense mm-hmm. forward as much as it was backwards. Mm-hmm. So what we're going to do is we're going to talk about what the meaning of some of this is forward, and then we're going to talk about some of the Aleister Crowley, um, I guess, influence on it, and then we're going to play you some of the backward stuff, and I'll tell you what it says. It's a little harder when you're just doing audio. I'll tell you, and then we'll go ahead and listen to it, and then I'll tell you again, and then you'll have to probably go back and listen to it a few times yeah. to see, but I'm going to tell you first what it sounds like it's saying or what it's supposed to be saying, and that way you can listen for it, but okay. you'll see some of, these are, some of these are kind of long. So, Stairway to Heaven, as we talked about in a previous episode, um, there's definitely some ties to Aleister Crowley, which is a known Satanist, yeah. uh, listed as one of the most, if not the most evil man to ever live. He summoned demons uh, in, in his house, and this is a guy that you know said that he felt like sacrificing uh, babies was the best thing for Satan mm. because babies were pure, and th- that, that was the mentality, and Jimmy Page... Uh, loved this guy. I mean, he yeah. owned all kinds of stuff of his. Mm-hmm. He had a bookstore that had nothing but Aleister Crowley stuff. He even bought his house, Boleskine House, which is supposedly haunted uh, by demons that that he summoned there. So, I mean, this is uh, the, the occult is no, you know, nothing to be taken lightly when it comes to Zeppelin because it's it's been out there by many people that they felt like Zeppelin sold their souls uh, to basically be rock and roll kings and. 
depending on who you listen to, three of the four, uh, John Paul Jones supposedly did not, Mm -hmm. but John Bonham, Jimmy Page, and Robert Plant all did. Mm -hmm. So let's start talking about the song itself. Now, Robert Plant says that this song was about a woman who got everything she wants, uh, but never really wanted to give back anything. Right. He says that when he, you know, got, actually got this song, because Jimmy Page wrote the lyrics and he brought it, or the uh, the music, mm-hmm. and he brought it to Robert Plant. And Robert Plant said that when he got this song, the writing was automatic. Now, what does automatic mean? Automatic in the occult, automatic writing happens when a demon channels a message through a human. So, when, so and, and it's been said by Robert Plant that, you know, it just, when he got the lyrics, that it's as, as if someone pushed his pen. That was where his exact words, mm-hmm. as if someone pushed his pen. And Jimmy Page said that he wrote like three quarters of the song, and that's a long song. It's a seven and a half minute song. Mm-hmm. Jimmy Page said he wrote like three quarters of the song mm-hmm. right there on the spot. Yeah, that's that's what they say. It's just like, and as he started writing it, he was just like, no, wait a minute, you know, and then it kind of just went from there, so. Yeah, because Robert Plant said that when he, he was in a bad mood. Yes, when, when Jimmy yes. When Jimmy Page brought him the stuff. Yes. But then he just started writing and he said, you know, it just, he just started writing and then, yeah. he, and then he looked down and the words were there and it's like it just blew his mind. Right. So, what we're going to do is we're going to start getting into the lyrics a little bit. Now, I'll talk to you a little bit. We'll play some of the lyrics in case you're unfamiliar with the exact words of that part or what have you. And then we're going to go from there. So bear with me. This is something we haven't done before on the show with mm-hmm. playing a lot of this music. But uh, hopefully all of my hard work today will pay off. So we're going to start. Robert Plant sings about two paths. One is the Piper's Path. And this refers basically, you know, if you listen to uh, the Bible, it refers to the Piper as basically... Uh, Satan, deceptive, mm-hmm. using music. Um, you'll you'll notice that there's um, um, like the story of the Pied Piper, where the Pied Piper right. came in and right. and he played the music and all the rats followed him. Yeah. So that's kind of what the Bible talks about: is a piper is somebody who deceives you through music. Mm-hmm. So it, it's kind of like the whole big issue of what we're talking about now. You know, are these bands out there using music to? get satan's way is that something that satan goes through people's music to try to uh lure people onto his path so to speak yeah but isn't like the pod piper also in fairy tale books yeah but that was because the pod piper is more of a rendition the the, the true story of the pod piper which this is a whole different ballgame it goes way back to like the 15 1600s oh, okay. and it actually was a guy that was uh in like hungry Mm-hmm. And he was getting paid to come in and, and take these rats out, and he was getting paid by the rat. And oh. it's it's a long story, but it actually yeah. it's it's actually anything but a kid story. Yeah, it's was, actually was, very very. I was, mal- I was just gonna so. be like, I'm gonna rethink this whole uh, storybook thing because you're thinking, <laughs> hey, the Pied Piper's just playing some music, and then there's some happy mice just following him along. So now I'm thinking of a whole different yeah cause situation. He, he actually follows them out to the river where they drown. <laughs> oh, true. So, um, but anyway, so, so he talks about you got two paths, right? you got two paths you can take. One's the Piper's path. And then the, uh, the other path is, uh, you know, where the forest will echo with laughter. Oh, yeah. So let's go ahead and let's, uh, let's hear that part right now. And it's whisper that soon If we all call a few And then the Piper will lead us to reason and a new day will go for those who sell off and the forest 
Okay, so there's that part of it. And now you're going to hear Robert Plant talk about a spring clean for the May Queen. Um, you know, you're going to, first of all, you're going to hear about the May Queen was actually a poem written by Aleister Crowley. Go figure. And when you actually listen to this part of the song, it really doesn't sound like it makes a lot of sense. If there's a bustle in your hedgerow, don't be alarmed now. It's just a spring clean for the May Queen. What the hell does that mean? No, I don't get it. And, you know, like I said, so they found a way to throw in mm-hmm. that part about the uh, from Aleister Crowley. So that's another way that they've snake, snuck him in there. I got you. So here, uh, let's listen to it real quick forward. Some good news. If there's a bustle in your head, don't be alarmed now. It's just a sweet for the May Queen. Yes, there are two fires you can go by. So, so then Plant goes on to say, the Piper's calling you to join him. So, I mean, when you kind of break that down, what's the Piper do? He deceives people through mm-hmm. his music. Mm-hmm. And he, the Piper's calling you to join him. So that, that right there kind of tells you right there. Uh, and like I said, the Bible refers to Satan as having pipes. And pipes, if you ever think about... You know, like the little wooden pipes that are all put together that, you know, like a little, not a harmonica, but that's basically what the Pied Piper used. That's oh, what yeah. they piper. Yeah. And you'll see those a lot of times with, um, like, Pan, you know, the goat the goat man Pan that was like in um, Midsummer Night's Dream yeah, by yeah. William Shakespeare mm-hmm. and stuff like that. That is always associated with Satanists. You'll usually see the goat head with the horns and stuff like that as mm-hmm. a as a Satanistic symbol and the pentagram and all that stuff. Yeah. And that's what Pan was known to have. The you've heard the Pan flute. Yeah. And that's what that is. Not to be confused with the skin flute. <laughs> well, what's that? Well, Alistair Crowley knows because he was gay. Oh, he did, he yeah. was gay. Yeah, Peter Puffer. <laughs> so, and Alistair Crowley actually had a a poem that he wrote called. Um, the hymn of Pan that he had read at his funeral. Go figure. Mm-hmm. So let's listen to this part about the piper. Now that's an interesting part because Robert Plant sings, Dear lady, can you hear the wind blow? And did you know that your stairway lies on the whispering wind? Now, references to hearing your head hum and the wind blow are all references back to the pipe from the Pied Piper. Now, Zeppelin doesn't usually use uh, any type of pipes in their in their music, but it's really prominent on Stairway to Heaven. Oh, that's very interesting because, yeah, well, sneaky little bastards, weren't they? <laughs> so when, when Robert Plant tells the woman that her stairway lies on the whispering wind, that tells you that she's on the Piper's path. Why? Because as we learned earlier, uh, the Piper's path is the it's, it was basically it's, it's whispered that soon if we call the tune, the Piper will lead us to reason. That was in the part we just heard a little bit mm-hmm. bit ago. So when it says that it's whispered that soon, the fact that hers is on the whispering wind tells her that she's on the Piper's path, which means she's being deceived. Oh. Now let's listen to this part right here. Dear lady, can you hear the whisper? And you know 
Now, when Robert Plant tells her that, you know, the, that her stairway lies on the whispering winds, he's saying basically that she's been deceived by the piper and she's on the path to hell. But listen to this next clip and listen how he changed the words and let the listeners know that they're on that same path too. Your head is humping, I won't go if you don't know. The piper's falling to the joint heel. So did you notice what he did there? He said, our stairway lies on the whispering wind, which we've already discussed. The whispering wind is the Piper's path, which is the Piper's, uh, the path to hell. Right. So it's a very slick song the way it's done. And, and that's most of what we're going to talk about forward. But let's talk about Aleister Crowley for a second and more influence on, on Zeppelin. Aleister Crowley being the Satanist that he was, he preached about doing stuff backwards. He instructed his followers to learn to write backwards, speak backwards, walk backwards, and make it so it was so comfortable to you that it became second nature. Mm-hmm. Uh, he wrote a lot of stuff backwards, and that's just, it's just the way that he was. He also instructed his followers to listen to phonograph records backwards. So that's where all this backwards stuff comes into. And, and I'm sure this is the part that everybody wants to hear. We've talked about forward what it could mean what interpretations are. But now let's listen to some of the stuff backwards and we'll see if you can kind of hear what we're going to hear. Um, The first thing I'm going to show you or or, or listen to is a part with Robert Plant. And he sings in in the part of the song that sometimes words have two meanings. Now, if you've ever seen Robert Plant sing this live, especially if you you see the movie, uh, uh, The Song Remains the Same. First of all, in that movie... They have Aleister Crowley's house, which the the Boleskine house. Yeah, uh, that's in the background. And if you notice, like that's a very strange movie to begin with. It's mm-hmm. up there with Pink Floyd's The Wall. There's a lot of lot of Celtic type stuff in there. Like there's a part where Robert, I mean, um, Jimmy Page is climbing up uh, a hill. When he gets to the hill, it's that famous logo of the tarot card with the guy holding the lantern out. Um, that's once again, that's an Aleister Crowley thing. He actually drew that and designed that. It's a you know a tarot card, uh, but. There's a lot of stuff like that in there. But in, in the video, if you if you ever watch The Song Remains the Same or look it up on YouTube, when Robert Plant sings a song and he says that sometimes words have two meanings, he takes his hands, he makes the number two, both hands, holds it up, but then he flips them backwards and forward as if saying the two meanings are frontwards and backwards. So let's listen to this part right here. There's a sign on the wall but she wants to be sure Cause you know sometimes words have to mean Alright, so here's the fun part everybody wants to do. So here's how we're going to do this. I'm going to play the, the passage forward and then we're going to talk about what it supposedly says backwards and then we'll play it backwards and then we'll discuss. Just like in a classroom. Sounds good. So, the first one we're going to do is a clip you've already heard. The part where the stairway lies on the whispering wheel. Let me replay that clip for you. Dear lady, can you hear the whispering wheel? Your stairway lies on the whispering wheel. 
you heard the front way. Your stairway lies on the whispering wheel. Now, when we play this backwards, what they say that it says is, "Cause I live with Satan." So I'm gonna I'm gonna play the clip, and the clip's actually gonna play it a couple of times. So just give it a listen and see if you think. Remember, "Cause I live with Satan." All right, so you heard it a couple of times. I mean, did it sound like because I live with Satan to you? Yes, it sounded exactly like that, and that is creepy. <laughs> so here we're going to play the next one. The next one, it's amazing because there's so many of them in this song. Mm-hmm. This next one is the part where it says the piper is calling you to join him, which we already know what that means frontwards. Yes. How odd that would be that this might say something backwards. So let's play here the original clip again. All right, now let's hear it backwards and let's see what it says. It's supposed to say, Lord turned me off it. Lord turned me off it. So give it a listen. So did it sound like Lord turned me off it? You know, it really did. It's just it's just so amazing. I'm almost wanna sit and listen to all kinds of songs now and try to see if I can pick that out of it. <laughs> I mean it's just crazy and I can't even imagine how many songs through all these years, you know, that that, that stuff is really in. Well, and then we talked about earlier about, you know, it's just a spring clean for the May Queen, and, mm-hmm. and that, that verse doesn't seem to make any sense no, or what not have even. you. And that's what we're going to do next. So, you know, after after singing about the two paths forward, now incredibly what you're going to hear is 26 words in a row backwards. Now, this one's going to be kind of tricky, but keep in mind, 26 row, words in a row. We're going to play it forward first. So here's a listen. Okay, so let's talk about that road you're on. Let's see what this supposedly says. And I know this is a lot to take in. But I'm going to try to uh, make it a little easier for you. So here's what it's supposed to say when you play that clip backwards. Here's to my sweet Satan. I want to live it backwards like the Zepp, whose power is Satan. He will give you, give you 666. Now, I will give you something to listen for for this. The first time, it's going to play it three times in a row. The first time, it might be a little trickier to hear. The second time is a little more clear. Listen for when it says, here's to my sweet Satan. And then it says, I want to live it backwards like the Zepp, whose power is in Satan. He will give you, give you 666. So try to give it a listen now that you know what it's supposed to say. And then we'll talk about it again right after the clip. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna read the words again. 
Here's to my sweet Satan. I want to live it backwards like the Zep, whose power is Satan. He will give you, give you 666. Did you hear that when you when you listened to it? I did hear that when I listened to it, and it kind of reminds me of something that happened to me the other day. Um, went through McDonald's to order me a meal, and the ticket, my price was $6.66. And I said, man, you better charge me for a ketchup packet or something. I ain't down with that 666. And she's like, oh, I know. I get around to the window, and she goes, I don't like that. I said, well, I don't like it either. So, thankfully, nothing bad happened the rest of the day, but... Yeah, I ain't down with that 666 crap. So, that, that anyway. That's a fascinating story, and I'm sure we'll make a wonderful movie of the week at some point in time, but it really has nothing to do with what we're talking about. Oh. So. Well, I thought it was interesting. <laughs> so, at the end of, of the song, you know, Robert Plant points out that though the, the lady still thinks that she's on a stairway to heaven, that she's actually on the same path as that one of those listeners as we as we covered. I think it's funny that, that as you as you listen to the end of the song where it really jazzes up, they say if you listen very close, the tune will come to you at last. As if if you pay attention, you'll know what's hitting you. Yeah. And that's the whole thing. And you notice he says, you know, like I said, that she's on the same path, whether she realizes it or not, is what Zeppelin and all the listeners are. Then they finish it up by saying, we're all is one and one is all to be a rock and not to row, which is basically saying that you're doomed to be with the piper, not to row, to stay right there. Not to go into the forest with the laughter. So let me play another quick clip for you. So as you can see, this whole song, basically from beginning to end, tells you to be, you know, follow the piper. We're talking about just forward. Follow the piper. The piper's going to lead you on the path to hell. Uh, we're all going to be on the same path. And just stick with it and don't go towards the forest with laughter. And, and the whole time, this lady who thinks everything that glitters is gold is being deceived by the piper, which is what, you know, most people on earth are probably doing if they're following the wrong path. And then when you listen to it backwards, it actually says the same thing. But how would you know to listen to it backwards? That's very interesting because you know that very little last part of the song when he says she's buying a stairway to heaven really slow? Let's listen to what that sounds like backwards. Well, let me just tell you what it says, and then I'll let you listen to it. It says, play backward, hear why it's sung here, oppositioners. Listen to it and tell me what you think. Oh, but you want 
it's like I said, you know, we're not trying to put anything in anybody's head. We're just telling you what's out there, and you make up your own minds. To you, did it sound like play it backwards and, and hear why it's sung here? It did, and it also sounded like Chinese to me. So, But it did say that. I did hear it. <laughs> <laughs> so here, here's the deal. Uh, you know, do with it what you may. This was a lot of time spent on one song, and... You know, it's up to you to decide, is it true, is it not true? Who knows? We're just having fun with it. I know there's a ton more that we're going to do on Zeppelin. It's just not going to be tonight. We're going to do another music show. I've got some cool stuff on Jimi Hendrix, Carlos Santana, believe it or not. Uh, And then we're going to do something on Zeppelin. We're going to do a whole show in the future on Aleister Crowley. Next week, we're going to do a show on Ouija boards. And we're going to focus on the original Exorcist. Uh, some of you may know that that's actually a true story that happened between St. Louis and, and Maryland, right outside of Washington, D.C., uh, in the, I think it was the early 40s, but it was actually a boy instead of a girl, 13-year-old boy. Fascinating story if you've never heard that true story, and we're going to focus on that next week. With that, uh, I'm getting ready to sign off and, and get on with the rest of my evening, and I hope you guys really enjoyed this one. I know I enjoyed doing it. We're going to do a music one probably once a month until I run out of crap. Uh, but I keep finding new stuff, so I keep looking. And if you got any ideas on uh, some musicians to look into or stuff you've heard on, email it to us, uh, send it to us, call us, doesn't matter, and we'll make sure that we include it on the upcoming episodes. Yeah, and please, um, if you have any criticism for me, just let me know. I'd be glad to hear it. You know, I'm kind of new at this stuff, but it's really interesting, and I'm having a lot of fun. And Thank you guys so much for listening. We really do appreciate it. On her criticism, make sure you send it to my email box because I have unlimited data and uh, (laughs) hers may fill up really quick. Nice. See you guys next week. They would like to thank you folks for kindly dropping in. You're all invited back next week to this locality to have a heaping helping of their hospitality. Hillbilly, that is. Y'all come back now, dear.